Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and actually today's a good day. Today's re- we've had a lot of good days recently. I just sometimes you say something like I've said that so many times recently. It's like yeah, good day. That's a good thing to be saying a lot of. Uh, turns out Easter's on Sunday. Who knew? Um, I actually saw a senator. I follow a senator on uh, on Instagram. Posted a picture of himself uh, painting some Easter eggs, and I was like well, wait a minute, you're kidding. And yeah, no, Easter, this Sunday. Today, Good Friday. Kind of wild they call it that. I'm sure there's like a good reason, but you hear Good Friday and I don't know. You'd think that something good happened on Good Friday, right? Not something horrible. But uh, yeah, happy happy Easter, I guess. Um, today, I had a chance to talk with a couple of the inside linebackers. Had a, had a chat with uh, Marvin Ham. Had a chat with Mr. Williams. And we talked about all sorts of different stuff. Um, in, in the second half of this podcast, I'll let you guys hear all that. Um, and we're going to be talking about the inside linebackers in the first half of the podcast as well. But that's just going to be me and not me and those guys. So there's a, there's a plan for today. And uh, yeah, I guess in terms of other notes, really nothing all that notable happening news-wise. I think that there there were a couple more offers that went out from the football team. Uh, there were there were some visits that have been happening. There there actually there was actually a pretty big group of players there at practice today. Um, this weekend they're also doing their coaches clinic, so all the high school coaches get a chance to like go watch practice, and the other coaches like talk to them. I think they have like like basically like some sort of TED Talk type deal that the CU coaches all kind of do. I'm not really sure, but I would honestly, there might not be many things I'd rather do than get a chance to go be a part of that. Um, you know, it'd be awesome to do it like Nick Saban staff or something like that. Um, but at the same time, like when you cover CU, it'd be a lot of fun to be able to see how these guys think about the game more in depth. Like you kind of slowly learn, but uh, yeah. Um, so those high school coaches, they got to watch practice today. They'll also be in attendance at the scrimmage tomorrow. And uh, so if, if you know a high school football coach in the state of Colorado and you're really curious what's gonna ha- what's what's happening in that scrimmage tomorrow, reach out to your friend who is a coach of a high school in Colorado. Like, obviously, they aren't all going to be there, but, I mean, there were a lot of those guys on the sideline today. Um so that was also going on, which, I mean, it's a good thing to do, right? Like, you, you got to build relationships with the high school coaches. At the end of the day, like, when you're trying to recruit a kid from Colorado, when you're trying to recruit anybody, what what matters to those kids? Obviously, like, what they think about the school, but also, what do my parents think? 
what do my grandparents think? What do what do my friends think? What do what does my high school football coach think? Like the, the, there's a short list of people whose opinions really matter in those sorts of things, but your high school football coach is typically one of the the opinions that matters the most. So if you can build those relationships, if these coaches come away from this weekend saying, "Hey, that's a that's a good staff up there. Those guys know what they're doing. They're going to produce some good football players. They're going to build some good football teams. Uh, they're they're going to treat student athletes right." then you're going to wind up having a little bit more luck on the recruiting trail in Colorado. Um, so that's all going on. There isn't much else to really say about all of it. Um, Trey Young is wearing six, four, five, six chains, something like that right now. Kind of wild, skinny little guy. Doesn't look good. Um, but uh, we, we'll stop looking at the TV and start getting back to this. Um, yeah, scrimmage tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually going to talk with Frank Phillip and uh, Naim Rodman tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. Those are two guys who you, you always like to hear from. Um, we'll also be talking to Carl after practice. Carl's going to give kind of like a rundown of what went down, uh, but I won't have like huge takeaways from the scrimmage tomorrow because I can't see the scrimmage. Um, we'll, we'll hear from Carl how things went. You know, I'm I'm curious, like, what's different about this scrimmage versus the last one? Just like structurally, um, what are are you working on different things? Like, because he he made that comment after the first scrimmage, the first of the three scrimmages, um, saying we didn't really show everything. We kept it kind of vanilla because you know it's an open scrimmage; people can see. It's like okay, so I'm curious, what what are they working on? Is it just parts of their offense, offense and stuff that they don't want out? Is it you know, deeper secrets, but yeah. So tomorrow, tomorrow we'll have like some takeaways from that. I'll have interviews with Frank and Naim, and uh, that's uh, that's what's on the way, and that's how we're gonna wrap up the week. Um, we are, I mean, eight days now away from the spring game next Saturday. It's kind of crazy how fast this is all gone. Maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but it does feel like just yesterday I was getting up to Boulder again recently. Um, to think that this was what, like practice 10 or 11? So there's one more, and then there's four more, so five more. So this was 10. Practice 10 was today. That's, uh, or no, nine. No, maybe nine practices. That does feel about right. It does feel like about nine trips to Boulder. Um, still, we're well on our way. Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday again, and then we're done. Um, and then we're on to the off season. And we've been rambling kind of, so we should probably get into talking about these linebackers, but this will be the last one. I'll say like, that's a, that's like the end of my work season, which is kind of crazy to think about. Right. So like fall camp is when I'll come back, you know, that's the start of the whole thing. So you start the beginning of August, typically get out to LA for PAC 12 media days at the end of July. And then you're right into fall camp. Go, go up to Boulder four times a week through fall camp, and then you hit football season, and that goes from beginning of September through the end of November. You got basketball starting up halfway through. Uh, you ride basketball all the way through until March, and then uh, there's a couple weeks off in that spring ball. And it's crazy that this is now my third time through this whole cycle. Um, but we're not quite there yet. I'm excited, though, and I haven't, I haven't actually thought too deeply about what this – off season, the summer is really going to look like content wise. Uh, but I'm sure we'll come up with some good ideas. Um, you know, we'll go through and preview all the opponents. You know, I'm not sure if 
Like you take two weeks and just go straight through, do a podcast on each of them. Um, do you do two a week for six weeks and kind of extend that out? Uh, you know, it's a there's there's a lot of different things. I mean, we'll probably run through some position previews again closer to fall camp, kind of through July. But there'll be there'll be plenty to talk about. There always is, and who knows? Maybe we'll get some good news. There's gonna be some transfers that come out. You always after spring. There's guys who transfer out. Um, I think the Buffs have something like four scholarships left, two scholarships left, something something like that. Um, and uh, again, like you, you also have two guys transfer out potentially. Well, then all of a sudden those two go to four, those four go to six. And if that's the case, then you could see them do some real damage in the portal. Um, yeah, but we don't need to dig into what you look for in the portal right now. The answer is probably safety first, right? <laughs> safety and then potentially inside linebacker and the reason why is because they're going to be running a lot of 4-3 this year and that's something that I talked with uh both Marvin and uh Mr. about it's uh it's it's a different sort of look uh when you're building this 4-3 defense um it does sound like again it You'll, you'll hear from Marvin how he talks about but the way Marvin talks about it kind of sounds like it's Quinn Robert Barnes or Quinn Perry Robert Barnes and then and Marvin Marvin Ham who are kind of the three guys who are working out there uh, with that first unit I'd guess there's some rotation um, but uh, that's that's what it sounded like at least um, you'll hear that for yourself but it does kind of beg the question if, if you are running this four three, what does that look like um, for these linebackers? Like the defensive line we can talk about on a different day. Maybe maybe tomorrow I'll, after I get a chance to talk with Naeem about it. Um, but that's easier, right? Like Naeem's out there, Jalen's out there, Terrence is out there, and then one more. And that's the one job that's probably really up for grabs. Now that might even be uh, Jamar Montgomery, a guy Thomas, for example. Um, so we'll we'll see what that's all about. I do think, though, that these linebackers – your depth is going to be tested a little bit. Um, we we haven't gotten to see much of these guys, mostly because Nate was just the guy f- for so long. And now you're at a point where we haven't seen Marvin Ham play a lot of football. We haven't seen Mr. Williams play basically any football. Uh, we saw a, quite a bit, actually, of Quinn Perry last year. We saw some of Robert Barnes, but he's going to be asked to kind of round out his game. Um, there's some some real question marks but also some real upside with these linebackers. I think we've hit on just about everybody. Uh, I guess Aubrey Smith, the incoming freshman, the true freshman. Um, Isaac Hurtado is a sophomore now. Who knows? Maybe they could be factors. Um, but it does kind of seem like Robert Barnes, Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham with Mr. Williams in there. That's a good look at what this group is going to be. Now, you also know that these outside linebackers, you've got a lot of talent there, too. And just what this defense is going to look like is so up in the air right now. Because we know that they're going to be multiple. It does, I don't know, I get the feeling, I get the sense that they're leaning a little bit heavier on the 4-3 than the 3-4 when they're in that base. Um, But, you know, with these outside linebackers, you know, Chance Main, Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas, Josh Gustav, Alvin Williams, Devin Grant, Zion Magale. You know, we've heard great things about Zion Magale. We've heard good things about Devin Grant. Um, you know, the starters, we've also heard things, uh, Alvin Williams, we've heard good stuff. So, uh, Owen Carey is an inside linebacker. That's where he's working now, but he was recruited as an outside linebacker. 
with so much talent and depth in these outside linebackers, you wonder what you do with it. Because there's some of those guys that you can just play as a defensive end, right? And, you know, Jamar, Guy, you want to line them up opposite Terrence Lang. Like, what would that be? Would you want that strong side? You'd want that weak side. You want weak sides. That's kind of lined up with your left tackle, that pass rusher role. Whereas Terrence is a good defensive end on the, the strong side, the tight end side, because he can fight through blocks. That's typically where they're going to be running the ball. You're a little bit heavier there, obviously. And... uh you can free up the other side to be more of that pass rusher type. Um, now there's a bunch of different ways you could build it and it's all going to be situational and week to week. And who do you need on the field and all that sort of stuff. But you do know that if that's what this is going to look like, you know, you, you have probably Naim and Jalen Sami as your two guys inside. You have Terrence Lang probably as your strong side defensive end. Honestly, he might be better as a weak side defensive end, but just given that you have all these outside linebackers probably makes sense to put him on the strong side. One of these guys weak, um, but, you know, then you're saying that there's one job there for Chance Maine, Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas, Shoski Gustav, Alvin Williams, Devin Grant, Zion Magalay. So I uh, I don't know what this is going to look like. And, you know, the thing is, though, that's that, that three. So the three, four defense where these guys are lined up kind of is that just five technique, some nine technique out there. Um, you are on the line of scrimmage. You're almost like a glorified defensive end, but you'll drop in coverage sometimes. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's what all these guys are best at, right? And so, like, could a guy Thomas play off the ball? We've talked about that before. I mean, I think he absolutely could. I think that, you know, we haven't seen him play in that sort of space before. We see a lot of him just setting the edge, you know, from that nine technique spot and and, and being really successful doing it. Could he play off the ball and... and probably be more of a read and react sort of player um you know have to make a decision before he goes downhill i think so but you're probably at your best in that three four sort of role where you're you're playing basically as that edge rusher um you look at somebody like a Devin grant and that's what i'm not so sure about that's one where i, I might be more tempted to play him off the ball um not josh gustav probably he's more on the ball um zion magalay we just haven't seen much of Jamar Montgomery is their pass rusher. Chance Maine's a pass rusher. So uh, this spring game, I think that that is probably the next big thing that I'm looking at is just how how are these linebackers being used? And I got, I, you know, this is one of those things now where it's like you kick yourself for not paying more attention to that in the first scrimmage. You got some notes in there. Like you see some things about how those rotations work. But you also just wish that you would have paid more attention. It's like, well, why were you watching the quarterback on that play? Why were you Why were you watching this offensive lineman on that play? Why are you watching the safety, the corner? You want to see Kalen Moore against Montana, whatever. So that is probably the next big thing that I'm clued in on is what does this front seven look like? Because the truth is, like, you, you can talk about it as Chance Main, Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas, Joshua Gustav, Devin Gray. How do you get all these outside linebackers on the field? But the truth is it's a front seven. You, you get to pick seven guys to put on the field out there um, in your base package. Like, that's before you even talk about going lighter on third downs or to match personnel. But, I mean, when you're saying you got to play seven guys out of Jeremiah Doss, Janaz Jordan, Terrence Lang, Naim Rodman, Jalen Sami, Chance Main, Jamar Montgomery, Guy Thomas, Joshua Gustav, Alvin Williams, Devin Grant, Zion, um, Robert Barnes, Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham, Mr. Williams. That's, I mean, I might have just named 12, 13 people right there, and you've got to pick 
half of them who actually get to be on the field and figuring out who you use where and and when and why and what you ask them to do and and are they multiple enough that the defense doesn't know what or the offense doesn't know what they're going to do and there's a lot of questions still to be answered and you know it's a really big puzzle it is a really big puzzle you know the defensive lineman will rotate you know the outside linebackers have rotated a lot in the past you also know that the inside linebackers haven't rotated all that much which is probably mostly just because it's Nate right like Nate's out there every play and then is it Quinn Perry or is it uh Robert Barnes next to him you know um it's a passing down that's Robert Barnes if not then it's Quinn and then when Nate goes down then it's just Quinn in his role and he gets locked into that and then you have Robert coming in and playing those so I don't know this is uh it's going to be a challenge you know this is this is one of the underrated parts of of being a good coach like when people think of being a good coach it's like okay first of all like there's some of the do you teach them the technique like do you do they understand you know if, if you're teaching outside linebackers like how do you how do you use this pass brush move? How do you use that one? How do you use that one to set up that one? What do you do when you know that he thinks you're going to do this? Like, what's your counter to that? So you have that sort of thing, and it's different for all the different positions, obviously. I think that part gets a little bit undervalued. I think that the play calling and the kind of those those sorts of bigger picture decisions, um, the full scheme type of stuff, are you running the fourth? Those, those parts of being a coach, I think the fam fans are typically very in touch with but I think what the fans are least in touch with or the part that doesn't get appreciated the most is just how difficult it is to figure out who your best players are and and in particular what they're good at you know figuring out what your best front seven is you know how do you align these guys because you know all these guys have questions you know I like Terrence Lang as that 4-3 defensive end I think there's a good chance he stands to to gain the very most out of anybody um, because I do think that that is his best position. I think he can play that 3-4 defensive end, that 3 technique. I think he's going to get asked to do that this year. But I also think that Terrence Lang, even as the defensive tackle out there, uh, one of the defensive tackles out there in that 4-3, I think he'd be good at that too. And if that means that you free up somebody else to be where they're better defensive end, do you do it? Again, there's just so many pieces, so many guys with different strengths and weaknesses that figuring out who's good at what and and then figuring out how to pair them so that it all fits well and you kind of have all your bases covered. You know, you're setting the edges. You, you have inter- an interior presence. You have, you have explosive players who are getting downfield who can get into the backfield even in non-pass rush situations, even when it's not a third and ten. Um, you're, you're able to cover the middle of the field, uh, whether that's linebackers, whether that's your outside linebackers dropping off off the line of scrimmage and getting out to the flat. So there's just so many little pieces that right now in particular, when you lose a Carson Wells, when you lose a Nate Landman, and you kind of have all of these guys, I mean, there's a lot of seniors, right? Uh, Quinn Perry's a senior. Robert Barnes is a senior. Uh, Guy Thomas, Jamar, Chance Main, Terrence, uh, Justin, Janaz. Jeremiah Doss and you're talking about building a front seven out of all these guys who I named earlier I mean there's nine guys who are who are seniors that's <laughs> that's before you even get into these exciting young guys who I think have a chance to break out and, and who you'll hear from later on in this show so it's going to be a challenge and getting back to the inside linebackers though you know right now like, there just isn't a whole lot of depth, right? Like, you have Robert Barnes, you have Quinn Perry, Marvin Ham, Mr. Williams, Isaac Hurtado, Aubrey Smith, and Owen Carey. 
which kind of sounds like a lot until you remember that that's seven guys and there's probably going to be three of them on the field most of the time. So two of them are true freshmen. One of them, one of them, never mind. But how does this all work? How do you fit these guys together so that everybody's strengths are, are kind of maximized? You know, it's a, like, what do you do with Quinn Perry in coverage? Because if you think, like, you put him as your inside linebacker, like, would you almost rather have him be an outside linebacker and and kind of play maybe on the strong side? No, because then you're putting him in coverage on tight end. So the idea being, oh, in general, that then you could free up Robert Barnes to play the inside job and, and have him just be running the middle in a Tampa 2. You know, that cover 2 defense for that inside linebacker, he's responsible for the middle of the field, all the way down the field. Like if somebody goes deep, he's got to carry that seam too. You know, you could see how that would work out. Um, you could just go like a normal cover too, except I don't think you have the safeties to do it. You know, especially because like Isaiah Lewis is a good player. His strength isn't covering half the field in zone coverage, right? Like that's that's a Mark Perry type of type of role. So if you had Mark Perry back there and you had uh, say Trevor Woods on the other side, then maybe you could talk yourself into a big cover two scheme let these corners get downhill and bite. Honestly, they're probably just playing a bunch of man. And that's how you cover it up the best, right? Is you say, okay, Quinn, your your coverage assignment's probably... First of all, if they have a fullback, you're on the fullback. They don't have a fullback, you're on the, the halfback. And there you go. And, and that's... You could you could probably hide him pretty well there, although maybe not perfectly. Who knows? Maybe you have him spy, similar to what you did with Nate, and they run this big cover one again, right? So so then all of a sudden you have a safety who's down getting a tight end. And again, how often are you seeing college teams come out in 12 or 21 personnel, you know, bringing either two running backs or two tight ends out there? Like, typically, you got a running back, you got a tight end, you got three receivers. And because of that, the buffs are going to be in their nickel defense anyway. And so this whole, like, oh, 3 4, four 3 thing, I mean, what does it apply to? 30% of your plays? And, like, I like TCU isn't going to be all that heavy. Uh, Air Force will be. Air Force, you're going to be in your base a lot. Uh, Minnesota, you'll be in that base defense a lot. Um, but then as soon as you get to the Pac-12 play, I mean, Utah at the end of the year, they like to, to go heavy. Uh, I can't remember if Stanford's on the schedule. That's the other one that really likes to go heavy. Cal can can, can do some of that stuff. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, you're not going to see this. It's going to be kind of on a week-to-week basis. Because of that, you're going to see them switch between that, you know, the the 4-3, but also uh, what they've called the 4-3 over is kind of uh, the... It, it's basically like a 3-4 defense. It's basically like a 3-4. Um, but... I don't know. This is a. It's an interesting time. It's an interesting time, but you see why they're doing it, right? Because as much as you like the depth you have with your linebackers, and there's some players you want to get on the field for sure, you still look at this defensive line and say that should be the strength of this team. Let's lean on that and let's uh, let's put four of them on the field. I think that makes sense to me, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what this all looks like. We'll see what this all looks like. Um. Yeah, that that spring game we're gonna really clue in on the front seven. Not to spoil what's on the way, but that is a uh, it's gonna be front seven day. Cause I feel like I I basically saw what I need to see on everything else. And they really zoom in and see like okay who's who's actually getting beat up front, who is making their blocks, and 
I guess the other thing about the spring game is you can watch as many times as you want, you know, because it's recorded. And as long as I remember to press record on Sling, because I'm sure it's going to be broadcast on Pac-12 Network, I'm going to be able to watch as many times as I want. And uh, you you guys can do that too. Um, I think that we've covered, I mean, we've in some ways not really covered all that much, but in other ways we've really covered a lot today. Um, you know, Mr. Williams, he, he got some reps at the end of the year, um, mostly on special teams. He was hurt toward the beginning or sorry, that's 2020, 2020 got some reps toward the end of the year on special teams. Um, 2021, he was kind of in and out in the end of the year on special teams, you know, kick coverage, kick return, that sort of stuff. Uh, he also got, got one game. It was the, uh, Oh, I, uh, let me double check. I don't want to get this wrong. Um, oh, Cal. It was the Cal game where he got uh, some some work on defense. Not a whole lot. Um, had a couple nice run stops, but we really didn't get to see all that much of him. Um, Marvin, you know, Marvin Ham has been around for a, a while now, really. Um, he, let's see, he would have come in in let's see so he's a redshirt sophomore this year so there's freshman redshirt freshman two years behind him plus a covid year so he's been on campus for three seasons and this will be his fourth which will play as a redshirt sophomore Um, mr williams being one year behind him and all this stuff um so again experienced guy um, hasn't broken through into the lineup um, late in the year. He did get to play quite a bit last year after Nate went down. Uh, he, I guess you could probably say that it was him and Robert really splitting the the Nate reps. That's a weird way to put it, though, because Nate was always out there, and then Quinn was out there running downs, Robert on passing downs. But then Quinn took all of Nate's reps, and so I guess really what happened was Marvin came in for what Quinn was doing in the first half of the season before Nate went down. Um, but, again, that's not really the point. The point is, you know, he, he according to the stats, was was fairly solid. Um, finished with 15 tackles, only one missed tackle in that time. He had, he had five stops. Um, a couple of those early in the year, um, Arizona State, USC, both had one. Um, didn't, didn't do all that much in coverage. Um, gave up 90 yards on eight targets. Again, not ideal, but small sample size. Yeah, so there's those guys. Um, oh, I guess before I let you guys hear from them, I should uh, I should tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. So DraftKings Sportsbook has an awesome promotion. Uh, you can bet five dollars on any of these games, uh, any of these NBA games. You'll get 150 dollars in free bets. You don't even have to get your bet right. You just got to make the bet as a new user and you get $150 in free bets in your account immediately. It's a, it's a hell of a deal. Make sure that you get in on that. You really cannot beat it. And um, oh, make sure you use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. That's the other piece of this. If you use the, the promo code DNVR, then you will uh, get that awesome offer. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, uh, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
Also, Sexy Pizza. Um, we know that you've had Sexy Pizza at all the Broncos tailgates that we hosted this year. It's so good. Um, ooh, I should also say, DMVR bar tomorrow night is going to be the place to be. I'm not sure if you guys have been down for a Nuggets or Avalanche playoff game. They get crazy. I mean, there's probably going to be 400 people in that bar tomorrow, in part because there's also uh, the the party bus. So the the Avs game tomorrow, there's like a bus leaving from the bar. There's a bunch of like DMVR people, members who signed up and, and got tickets, and it was like this whole big pack. So they've got a section at the Avs game. I think that bus has got to leave like 30 minutes before the Nuggets tip off. And so you're going to have all those people in there. And then obviously like a massive Nuggets crowd. Like typically you got to show up for these playoff games like 30 minutes early to get a table. Um, and even then I've been out of luck. Tomorrow I'm just going straight there after the scrimmage and I'm going to work from a booth. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. That, that party bus is going to come back after the game, obviously. Um, because they start later, I guess they probably won't get back to like an hour after the Nuggets. But if the Nuggets win that game tomorrow on a Saturday night, against the Warriors with Steph coming back. Bar's going to be electric. It's going to be electric. Uh, almost as electric as Sexy Pizza, which we can now get back to. They've been in the Denver community for 13 years. It's a hand-tossed deck oven pizza. They make their dough from scratch every morning. And uh, you can pick from your uh, your favorite toppings, or you can try one of their signature philanthropies. And those are pizzas that were created by different nonprofits in Colorado. And a portion of the proceeds, if you buy one of those pizzas, will go to that nonprofit. Uh, they've got all sorts of different sizes of crust. They've got gluten-free options, vegan options, all the different sides you could want. It's awesome stuff. They've got four Denver locations in Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, and also a new location in Trinidad, Colorado that just opened. Make sure that you get to Sexy Pizza because you will not be disappointed. All right, so I have a little bit of bad news. Um, I was just trying to put these audio recordings in, and I was working on the audio with Mr. Williams. I like sent that to my computer, but it... Uh, it it won't it won't play. So um, it says it's like a four minute and eight second recording in my voice memos, and you know I won't plug it in, but you can kind of hear what happens. And then it just cuts off. So there's like four seconds of audio, and it says like minus four oh four, which means like another four oh four on the way, but. I can't get to play past that. And it's actually an issue I've had with this recordings app in the past. And I've never been able to fix it. Um, but I'll, I'll mess around with that a little bit either tonight or tomorrow and see if I can get it fixed. And if I can, then we'll tack it on at, at some point in one of these next couple podcasts. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed right now, especially because I really was planning on writing about Mr. Williams on Sunday plan was to, to cover like these two guys tomorrow in the trenches and get something up else on the scrimmage if there's anything notable from Carl uh, and then Sunday to come back to these linebackers so I am not a happy camper at the moment um but we don't hear about that instead let me <laughs> double check yeah so this audio with Marvin is fine so there's still five minutes with Marvin you guys can hear that um again hopefully I can figure out a way to fix this, but even when I like look at the file, like the one with, um, it's like a five minute recording with, uh, Marvin and it says 2.7 MB, but then it says 408 with Mr. It says 42 KB. So 
I'm uh like I said, just not not a happy man at the moment, but what are you gonna do, I guess? Um Ooh, actually Uh nope. I have everything synced to my computer. So like when I record on my phone it goes to my computer too. Also just four seconds of the four oh eight. So but uh yeah, here's here's what Marvin Ham had to say. Um how's practice? Oh, I was pretty good. I mean everybody working together, grinding. Mm -hmm. Same. Normal. Yeah? yeah. What's it like going into these scrimmages? It's gotta be nice to actually play some I mean not quite real football, but pretty close to it. Yeah, uh we all coming together as a defense in general, but it's just as you said, coming together for these scrimmages and playing together as a team and really just getting that brotherhood sense back that we all as a linebacker group as a whole defense, as an offense, getting close together and yeah. having great communication while we're on the field so we can go out in the season and also elaborate during the season with that communication. And and there's there was some turnover on the defense. You guys lose like Nate and Carson from that front seven. Yeah. Like what what is what is that feeling like? Just knowing that I mean you're you're missing those pieces who have been kind of core guys who've been able to produce a lot, but also it's more opportunity for guys like you. Mm -hmm. Well, we always gonna miss our brothers. Um those are big players in our program, but as you said, like, as time goes on, those guys are going to the NFL and other players have to step up and really showcase their talents and continue to evolve throughout their time at CU. So coming together with all the new players coming in, we've all communicated very well, losing Nate. And just as a, a position group and linebackers, we've all communicated well and strive as a three-core three linebacker group on the field at once. It's got to be kind of nice, like, in a way, just knowing, like, Nate's out of here. This is just a wide open competition to see who gets to play on the field on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. So just working out there, and I used to say competition. So we all grind out there every single day. I mean, it's a it's a battle out there. All me, Quinn, Rob, Mister, we all out there just grinding for for a spot and grinding just to make each other better, better in general. As you said, it creates that brotherhood. You've got more of the like three linebacker sets going out there. Yeah. What what, what does that change for you guys as you kind of go through this process? Um, it just, it creates a, creates a better environment. I mean, all three of us are playmakers on the field, me, Quinn, and Rob, which are in that 4-3 mm -hmm. set. So I'm playing the Sam, and I just feel like us three on the field, we all communicate with each other, and we all cool with each other. So we hang out outside of football, and as you said, on that field, you get that communication and that brotherhood, and you're like, okay, well, we can really do this and have that communication on the field. Totally. And it's got to be nice just having such a veteran defensive line in front of you. Oh, yeah. Like having sure. guys like Terrence. Looks like Terrence man, might they, be all banged up. They're they keeping them, they keep them off this line and off this. And we give them praise for that every single day, man. We love them guys. Yeah. What about coverage-wise? How do you think you guys have, have, have performed when – I mean, especially against these tight ends. I know that there's there's a lot more throwing to the tight ends this yeah. season. Like, that's got to be a challenge for you guys in practice, right? Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's okay. We, we, play, we play man a lot. You know, our yeah. linebacker, we know how to cover. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we know we clamp, we clamp down. We do what we got to do. Who who do you think your best battles are with in coverage in with the coverage, tight ends? Brady Russell. Yeah. But yeah, I know. We go we go back and forth. We go back and mm -hmm. forth. But if I say I win, I win. I mean that's how we go. That's how. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you see for some of those younger tight ends? You know, Eric Olson's out there. Austin Smith is more of like a wide receiver still. Yeah. He, like it's got to be a new dynamic sort of to see these guys in practice. Oh yeah, those guys are getting better every single day. I know getting better at their blocking, get better at their routes and release, releases. And sometimes we have a hard trouble from guarding them or. We ain't going in a blocking scenario, so I just feel like we just they're continue to get better. Uh, Austin's continue to develop and develop his game throughout his time, and just get used to the position. And Eric, he just continue to grind, getting better with throughout his whole process. Yeah. What What have you personally been kind of working on 
like kind of since the season ended what have you trying to clean up uh just being a vocal leader being out there communicating with the whole defense and just making sure everybody's on the same exact page and just then it becoming more of a brotherhood between my whole entire defense and not just my position group and me also just i also want to uh slim my body up lose, okay. a, couple, lose a couple pounds and slim once get once, i want to get to like 225. 225 how'd you play, choose that uh, i play i played at like 230 last year but i felt i feel more natural and have my natural speed back at 225 which i feel like is just better for me in general and me rob and quinn we always we always all talked about it and said yeah like it's better to play at that at that more slim body because if you're too big and you can't run then i mean you got people out running you on the field football. yeah you know what i'm saying pac football past the conference so you got to do that yeah um what have you seen from the quarterback so far? I mean, you get kind of like a, an interesting view of everything that's going on, but, but how's Brendan look to you? Oh, Brendan, he's great, man. He's become, he's definitely improved. He's become more of a vocal leader for the whole entire offense and just continue to grind as he's been out there more and more. Okay. And you can tell he's really got to control that offense. And him and Coach Sanford, him, they're all, they have a great bond, and they really understand the offense and continue to compete while we're out there on the defense. So it's like it's a battle while we're out there. Okay. So D. Lou, he's just continue to – just get better day by day. What's it like trying to tackle Jay Lee Stacks? Jay Lee Stacks? Oh, he, a, he, a big, he a big back, man. We got some battles. I ain't gonna lie. Jay, me, I didn't hit Jay Lee a couple times. Jay Lee didn't hit me a couple times. We okay. both gave each other a couple stingers, man. I mean, it's a battle every single day going with Jay Lee. You know when he's coming, so, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a battle.